Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the raid philosophy in Destiny 2. I've hinted at the fact that I wanted to do this talk for a while, and Mesa Sean was on the Rageous Roundtable. It kind of spurred me on to do it after he resonated with a lot of what I said on his own unprompted. I was really impressed with how similarly we thought about Destiny 2 raids. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now on Twitch, so go to saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. If you go to saynotorage.com, I'm probably live. If I'm not live, you can click follow. YouTube, you can hit like and subscribe. That helps me out as well. So I wanted to do this video because when I reviewed Garden of Salvation, I touched on this. I I didn't want to corrupt my review of Garden of Salvation with a bunch of soapboxes about what I think about Destiny. Destiny 2 raid philosophy, so I kind of wanted to make this as a separate video because I do think there's been an enormous departure from the way that they have set up Destiny 2 raids versus Destiny 1 raids, and I want to kind of point out where I think those changes and problems are and really argue for differences and and adjustments going forward for raids. So I want to start by asking the question, what happened? What, what happened? What prompted all of this? You know, where do these changes come from? Number two, I want to talk about loot, loot in general, the guns, the armor, all of it. Like, I, I think there's also a, a, a departure from where we got near the end of D1 with respect to raid loot. And then at the end, I want to say the way forward. I want to make suggestions about what I think they should do going forward, what I think they should tap into. And I'm hopeful, I do want to say, I am hopeful that those changes are kind of already in place. And I'm going to point out a few things that I'm seeing in the current raid, Garden of Salvation, that makes me think Luke Smith being at the helm is already having a good impact on raids. But first, let's ask the question, what happened? As far as I can tell, at some point in time in the production of Destiny 2, somebody said somewhere, we don't want anybody to get carried through raids ever again. They really graded against that idea. I happen to think it was Joe Blackburn. I think he really, really strongly pushed for no more raid carries, nobody being drugged through the raid. Everybody needs to do their part. And I think at every level, you can see these changes being implemented. It's not just sort of one raid or one encounter that has this presence in it. I believe this is touching on every single decision they have made for every raid in Destiny 2. You can see it in the token system. The timer on revives, killing the team if you don't get all the revives, if you run out of revive tokens. The relay races, almost every encounter is a relay race. Everybody's sort of sharing the load. Everybody's sort of sharing responsibilities. And no specialized roles anymore. You have no sword bearers. You have no relic holders. No one's grabbing the aura. That that is that is also just completely gone from D2 raids. Isolating players is all over every single raid from Leviathan to now. They like to isolate the players. It is very much about team reliance and everybody doing their part. They have essentially, what I have argued is, they have taken two fights from Destiny 1 and basically taken those design elements and put them everywhere in Destiny 2 raids. If you think back to the Totems encounter in Kingsfall, that that element of a relay race and isolating players and everybody has an equal job. There, there, there's, there was nobody that got to kind of sit out at Totems, okay? They took that design element and they copied and pasted it everywhere in Destiny 2. It's it's in virtually every single encounter is a form of totems, okay? It's like a relay race. 
And if you go to Golgoroth, the Golgoroth fight, uh, the totem in the background that wipes the team after so many deaths, that inspired the revive timer and the revive tokens. I don't think Joe Blackburn's Twitter name, Joe Garoth, was made by accident. I think a lot of this came from him. I think he was a part of that team. I think he was one of the brains behind Totems and the Golgoroth fight. And I think he really saw that that was the way to design Destiny 2 raids. I think it's become overwhelming and it's really, really created a one one's brushstroke on all the raids. And Mesa Sean really, when he started ranting before the podcast about why he doesn't raid anymore, he just said he worded it differently than me, but he pinpointed a lot of the same things. He says, it's just not fun anymore. I'm not enjoying myself. It doesn't feel like he used to raid like crazy in D1, and so did I. So these are not necessarily bad decisions. You can't necessarily just say, oh, these are bad. They shouldn't have done it. But I think it has hurt the experience and the fun factor. Deaths in Destiny 2 raids, when someone dies, it is transactional. The deaths in D2 raids are purely transactional. It is now, we got to stop. We got to start over. That person can't do their job anymore. Let's just wipe. There is no death in a raid prompting an audible or a plan B or a clutch or a decision. It's it's very, very minimal. And so that entire intensity, that entire spectrum of intensity is just chopped off and not present anymore. Imagine you're in the Oryx fight or the Axis fight and someone dies. There is this ceiling that when everything's running smooth, it's sort of like, ho-hum, we know this, this is rote, this is rehearsed. And when someone dies, there's this blowing off of the ceiling and there's this huge potential chance of intensity and excitement and heroism that cannot be felt in any Destiny 2 raid. That ceiling is just there. It's rote, it's rehearsed, it is apply the formula, it's heavy, heavy, heavy on the mechanics. And I believe if you look at this departure... That really starts to put meat on the bones for why so many people don't like raiding anymore. They don't raid nearly as often as they did in D1. I believe that's the best argument I can make for sort of creating a diagnosis for why D2 raids are so different and how they're experienced differently and why the fun factor is not there. So let's talk about loot. This is the other significant portion of really motivating people to not raid. When they when they look at the loot pool, it has been abysmal in Destiny 2. The raid loot has been embarrassingly unimpressive. Nothing is that spectacular. Virtually everything can be matched by guns in the rest of the game. Now, this is the first time with Garden of Salvation they made changes to the way the guns roll. They are they are significantly more likely to roll a really good roll. They limited the number of perks on each individual lane. If you look up these guns on light.gg, you can see there are significantly smaller uh, amount of perks on them, so it's far more likely you're going to get a good roll. That's a good step in the right direction. I think overall weapons in Destiny need treatment, and so they couldn't do a pass yet on raid weapons, but what they did is is a small nudge in the right direction. Guns, the perks on the guns, armor stats, all of them are not in a place where they need to be. But I will say Garden of Salvation has really moved the ball down the field. If you look at the actual mods for Garden of Salvation, they are absolutely 
fantastic and I believe this is because of Luke Smith I attribute him with things like enhanced relay defender voltaic ammo collector these are things that are specific to what you are doing in the raid enhanced uh, the relay defender is probably one of my favorite ones that they've added they also have resistant tether uh, enhanced resistant tether as well you take less damage when you're tethered uh, you have Voltaic Moat Collector. You know, you get an Overshield after 5 if it's enhanced and after 10 if it's the normal one. These are specific to the activity. This harkens back to a lot of what I said about the intrinsic perks and the perks on Raid Armor and Wrath of the Machine. Resist, being being more resilient whenever you pick up a SIVA charge. Having more agility whenever you pick up a Scorch Cannon. I actually believe that these mods go further than the perks from Wrath of the Machine. And again, I attribute this to Luke Smith being in charge. These are his fingerprints on this raid. I truly believe that. I think that the raid's going to continue to move in a great direction. So loot is finally moving toward where we want it to move. The guns alone are are better uh, with the way that they roll with the, with the limited perks. Now, I will say this. If they want to continue to do random rolls on guns in these raids, they really need to allow us to run the raid more than three times. That was one of the things that drove uh, Mesa Sean away from raiding. He was like, I, I can only do it three times a week and I'm doing it for a random roll. I might not even get a good roll. They've moved in the right direction by limiting the potential rolls on Garden of Salvation guns, but I really think random rolls, we should be able to run the raid more than three times for non-powerfuls as well as considering the armor stats. Armor stats should not be dropping below 60 base. Whenever you look at a piece of armor and the stats are added up and you see that total, I believe the floor, the starting place for raid gear should be 60 out of the box. This is a pinnacle activity. I should not be getting 51s and 52s and then getting 55s and 56s from public events. That's dumb. That is not how this should work. I believe if you're going to keep it the way that it is with the stats being kind of bleh and the random rolls on the guns, you got to let us run the raid more than three times a week. Listen, I've made this argument numerous times recently. Just ignore raids. Don't look at raids. Look at the rest of the game. Look at 95% of Destiny. What is limited to once per week? powerful drops are limited to once per week that is exactly how it should function in raids raids were traditionally limited to once per week because they were the source for powerful drops fog was how you hit max level we're not in that environment anymore we're in an environment with random rolls and random stat rolls on armor letting us run it more than three times a week just makes logical sense and i think that needs to happen so lastly let's talk about the way forward at this point i think it's clear that raid design for the fights the revive timers the revive tokens just need to get out i don't think they're making for a good experience i think they're diminishing the experience of the players i think it's a one-size-fits-all approach to pain and so a lot of the encounters are dialing in you're doing the same thing same thing same thing so a lot of the diversity a lot of the a lot of the finessed roles and the specialized roles aren't present if i had my way they would take king's fall and wrath and those would be the influencing raid sort of schematics for the rest of raids in destiny king's fall had really really great difficulty spectrum going from normal to hard was really well done because they designed hard first wrath of the machine brought the intensity they brought the in- the internal currency the reason to rerun it they brought the clutchable nature of the fights if somebody died you could continue to go and they brought really really unique synergistic perks to the guns those two raids should be the schematic they should be the blueprint the paragon the ideal that is what should be inspiring raid design from here on out and at the very least 
give us the three plus runs for non-powerfuls and continue to lean into those specific mods that we got in Garden of Salvation and making guns better and I think we'd be on a much better track for better raid design and better raid philosophy and more people running raids if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me at saynotorage.com I'm probably live right now as always please like, share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about D1 raids versus D2 raids, a difference in philosophy. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. I'm probably live right now, so go to saynotorage.com if you want to come in and be part of the conversation. Hitting like and subscribe and following is also a great way to help me out. Let's just jump right into the questions. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter one because we're really close to reset on Tuesday the 15th and I don't want to miss out on trying out some of the new nightmare hunts and stuff so 42 Titan with the first question how do you feel about forge rotations because as someone who hasn't got Izanagi's it's upset it upsets me I understand why they did it, but I also understand why you probably don't like it. I mean, there's not a ton of people even needing to run forges or wanting to run forges, and they're trying to funnel the players together. They probably should have just updated the Izanagi's quest to make it so that you didn't have to rely on a particular forge. But they're doing... It's daily also, so keep that in mind. Um, It's daily. It's not like you have to wait an entire week. Um, You don't have to wait an entire week. So it's not like you have to, oh, uh, this entire week is Burguzia. Um, just wait, you know. I understand it might not be your day to play or something, but they're, they're needing to do it. If somebody's going to go to run a forge, you've got to funnel the community together. Four forges spread across the world that you couldn't instance into. They weren't going to get any, any engagement. So I know this is weird to say, but this is probably for your benefit. Whenever it is time for you to do it and you can get into the correct forge, there's actually going to be people in there because Bungie is protecting you from a thinned out player base in Forges by having it be one per day. So, uh, Ada doesn't have the mold. It's bugged. Oh, well, if it's a bug, then, I mean, I don't, you have to wait for them to fix it. I didn't even realize that was a bug. Um, Noth21. A bit unrelated, but do you think it would be nice if Bungie would create armor ornaments for Crucible Vanguard Gambit and give them in a quest format like the ritual weapons so people have a way to show the mode they may like the most? I would love to see ornaments get more and more treatment in the game. Uh, I said the other day, it might have been yesterday, you know, people aren't too happy about the Eververse. They're like, well, the vendors aren't even getting an update and the Eververse has got stuff, you know, and Paul Tassi really echoed that in his article and I said it would be a really good idea to maybe just say, Every NPC, including the planetary NPCs, the six, you know, year one planetary NPCs, so not including the moon, the dreaming city, or the tangled shore, those six planets, Zavala, Shax, and Drifter, could all have seasonal rank and seasonal exotic ships, sparrows, ghosts, and shaders that are also in the Eververse. So you can slowly earn them if you want, but there's no way you'd earn them all. You'd have to pick the ones you want to earn, and then obviously if there's ones that you can't earn, you can buy them from the Eververse. That, I think, would be a pretty good opportunity to do that. And what you're saying would be another opportunity to just say, hey, if you grind the frick out of the Crucible and you go crazy, then you can get ornaments for your Crucible armor, you know? So, 31 months from TTV Azor says, running a 100-discipline build in Iron Banner when it comes out with demolitionist guns should be fun. Yeah, everyone's going to hate you. Evil the Waffler. <laughs> I tried your suggestion and I couldn't complete the raid with my team so I had to leave and I found a team that had cleared before and we had to brute force it to clear it. 
personally i feel the raid doesn't give you enough time listen i'm not reading your questions anymore evil like you do this too much man you're writing books bro that's just a book that's just you sharing a bad experience beast mode any thoughts on deaths meaning an immediate wipe in d2 i talked about this in my actual talk i talked about this in my actual talk the the nature of deaths being transactional they're just transactional and when when there's a death it's a well now we just start over or there's a death and it's uh that's yeah that's a wipe um and I don't like that. There was just something different that happened in D1. A death meant, go here. A death meant, oh, so-and-so, come over here. A, a death was like a, we got to do this now. That's what death meant in D1. That's not what happens now. A death now is, it's just a transaction. It's like, hurry up, get him, get him, get him. Now listen, we, got, we, we have to be clear on this. I, I think sometimes people misunderstand my point. Not all deaths are equal in Destiny 2 raids, okay? Not all deaths are equal. When I'm trying to rebuild, and I'm sitting there with Pugs, and I'm like, all right, Pugs, get up there, I'll tether to you, and te- and, and he gets bopped by the boss because he's absolute or something, and he dies. Well, th- that's not the same as when someone goes over and comes back and dies with 10 motes or dies over there when they're supposed to have 10 motes or at one of the encounters they're by themselves and they die and the plate gets overrun and it wipes the team do you see what I'm saying so not all deaths are equal so we have to be clear that like when I'm making this point and I say deaths are transactional and turn into a wipe I'm talking about like impactful deaths where we can't recover from that you know we, we, we can't fix that but when somebody dies right next to me and I res them th- that's that's fine um, so it, it happens to everybody right you're just you're not watching yourself you get absolute and then something gets you but with the isolation and the relay race and, and the, everybody doing different jobs that's why I say one bad player can sink a team okay so let's say you got a guy that you're playing with and he keeps dying okay he just keeps dying. It's not that hard to res him at the right moments, but as he keeps dying, he's just sinking the team. He goes over to get moats, dies. He goes over and gets moats, comes back, dies. He banks, and he's your guy that can shoot the dudes with the white shields, dies. Like At every step of the way, because it's a relay race, and because it's an equal shared responsibility raid, his deaths have more impact than they used to. So it's like, well, when he dies with the... We're going to get overrun. We're going to lose moats or he lost his moats. we got to send another person. So that is why I think people just wipe. It, it, it creates a defeatist attitude within the raid team. It's easier just to start over, you know, and then they're not going to want to raid with that guy ever again because he held the team back. He just kept making mistakes. I mean, we were playing, and the one guy who was struggling kept, ap- like, he apologized later. He's like, I'm so sorry. It was all my fault. And, like, that's the vibe raids have created. We were patient. We were chill. You know, obviously, I was calling on him. And, like, dude, come on, man. You got to button up. You got to tighten up. You got to stop making those mistakes. Like, I was, I was calling on him to rise to the occasion. But then, like, he feels like he's this giant anchor on the team. Why? Because we can't fix his teeny mistakes. They're teeny tiny mistakes. He, he steps on the wrong area. He dies. He shoots the wrong thing. Like any of those things that can happen. And it's just like, I, we have no way to fix that. And 
I think that's one of the reasons that people just don't like it. Um, Lord Atlantis of Idaho. While a while back you were talking a bit about legendary trace rifles, is there something you would want to see? Personally, I would love avoid one with demolitionists. Dude, they really, really need to take the futuristic weapons way up. Like, we need more fusions, we need more trace rifles, we need linear fusions to move up to the special slot. I would love, I would love there to be way more, uh, way more futuristic style weapons. Uh, F and Alpha with 13 months. Keep up the great work. It's awesome to see your growth. Thank you very much for lucky number 13. Guys, thanks for all the crazy support lately. Again, if you tune in just for this show, if you like the Q&A, if you like the interactive style, we do these all the time. Uh, remember to click that follow button. That's a free way to support my channel. And thank you to everybody who's been following, tipping, and subbing. You guys are awesome. Uh, it's been really cool to see. It's been a really, it's been a really strong uh, DLC for us, and that's that's not been true of a lot of the DLCs up to this point. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would love to see legendary trace rifles. I don't know if it's going to happen though, because they just introduced another exotic one with the divinity. They may just see them as. They're, they're exotics, which is a bummer because I love them. Um, I think they'd make great energy, you know, energy weapons. <clears throat> Maverick, has Bungie given any indication that raids will go back to when every mechanic had a visual counterpart? I love raiding, but live captions cost $11 an hour, so I don't do it as much these days. I do... N- what... I am... What is this? What are you saying to me, Maverick? Okay. Every mechanic had a visual counterpart. I love... For those that don't know, Maverick Maverick is deaf. So he's saying... Live captions cost $11 an hour? So that's something you can pay for. That's not in... That's not in Destiny. Um... My my only thought here is there's a there's a lot will there's a lot in there's a lot in this raid that's in the kill feed. There are a lot of things in the kill feed, and those are those are good clues. I think what would help you is visually, and I actually wanted this the other day. I would have loved to have been able to tell when someone was enlightened. Uh, I don't know if you can tell that. I don't think you can. That's probably the biggest hindrance to someone who is hearing impaired because you can't ask your team, hey, are, are you are you enlightened anymore or whatever? What's your countdown? Um, I'm asking if raids will keep being completely based on communication. Okay, that's a better way to phrase it, Maverick. I would say that yes, they will continue to be very, very communicative and requiring communication because that just seems to be the the thrust of this type of content and i also think that if you if you look at nightfalls if you look at nightfalls i think luke smith's already having an impact on the game and i think even nightfalls are going to require communication Okay, you have eight modifiers. You have people that are going to have to run different guns, different mods, and all these different configurations, and that's going to require people to communicate. So if this is their new version of how to make stuff challenging, and they're going to continue to evolve this, then I would think, yes, future raids are going to be heavily based on communication. Okay, 
have raids ever not been based on communication? I think you guys probably underestimate the strength of people who are who are deaf being able to run stuff like King's Fall, where there was a lot of visual indicators. There were tons of visual indicators in King's Fall that you wouldn't have to call out anything. Um, you you could you could basically look at the pillar. You could look at the pillars in uh, in War Priest, and they could probably shoot left, middle, and right. Remember, remember the guy in the the guy in the middle has to call it out, and they could probably look at them and shoot. They don't have to speak. They don't have to talk. Uh, Golgoroth, same deal. You establish who is going to be taking gaze, uh, who is going to be down in the pit or whatever. It's all visual. You can see everything. You can see um, the plates at Sisters. You can see each other through the wall. You can see who's jumping where. You don't have to say, I'm on, I'm on. You don't have to do any of that. There's a lot of visual uh, cues in King's Fall. And Wrath is close. Wrath is close. I think the hardest thing for Wrath was calling out empowered directions. Um, I think that was the challenge. I think they had to use emotes to do that. They would emote, and they would assign left, middle, and right um, to a, to a given emote. So they would hit a, a, a certain one, and you would see their name in the feed. So and so sits, or whatever. They somehow did that to do their empowered callouts. And in these raids, that's like impossible. You know, dog left. You know, sun this cloud that I mean you just can't and and a lot of what's happening and this is another this is another thing that's really going to hurt players like Maverick I'm not saying they need to design raids for people who are deaf but one of the things that's really hurting people like Maverick who can't hear is the team is separated last wish it's like you have no way you have they're on the other side you know and you're calling out eye locations now we typed in 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 uh, in text chat, so they actually probably did a decent job in Last Wish by just typing. Um, but yeah, a lot of the visual, a lot of the visual stuff's just not there because they've really. You have to consider that relay races, relay races, and separating players. Like right now, if you get into the second encounter and you're like using portals and you're you're protecting, then you're enlightening, then you're refreshing, then you're moving, then there's the then there's the angelics that show up. You that you can't see each other. It's like you've got to establish some way of emoting or something, because um, it's a baseball diamond. And if you went to each baseball diamond. And then you see that person emoting in the feed. You know they have angelics or they need to refresh. You could create two emotes. One emote is for refresh. Another emote is for angelic. And you know that, oh, well, Maverick is my partner. He's emoting. That means I need to go refresh him. Um, Oh, Maverick is using this other emote. That means he has angelics. Do you see? That would be the only thing I could say you guys could try. I just, it's, it's very, very challenging because you, there is at every minute, there's something that needs to be said. And there's not visual indicators for every single thing. So, um, Leviathan, Last Wish, and all is pretty good. Yeah, Scourge really separates you. Um, Scourge separates you. Crown of Sorrows, Crown of Sorrows is, is, is probably not too bad, but this one's probably more challenging. Um, yeah, emotes can be unreliable. Yeah. The Bomb Dog. What do you think about raid cosmetic rewards? There's a ship in the battle pass that looks associated with the new raid and a sparrow in the Eververse and also embodies the raid design. In my opinion, I miss the chase. Um, 
Yeah, I loved getting the um, the Nano Phoenix. I am going to disagree with you. I don't think this is inspired by the raid. Never Live It Down is inspired by Vex Offensive. Um, that, that looks nothing like the raid stuff. Either the raid armor or the raid uh, gun. So I don't agree with you there. But that doesn't mean I don't agree with what you're asking for. Oh, that is so sexy. Um, I agree with what you're asking for. The idea of ex- like ornaments... Ghost, spare all that. I think I would love to see stuff like that in the raid. Yeah. White light. Do you think raid should have some degree of intentionality for loot? Nothing guaranteed, but if you are using a pulse, you have a better chance of getting the pulse to drop. Man, just let us run it more than three times. Just let us run it more than three times. You don't have to do anything. They don't have to create systems. They don't have to create rerolls. They don't have to create extra chests. Just let me run the dadgum thing more than three times. And ever. And the thing that we anticipated was this. Well, wouldn't people just run the first encounter over and over and over again uh, to get drops? I think after your first three times, you could just have a a quest thing. Like, imagine it's like, you know, Ikora's quest or the essences. You can do it as many times as you want. And then it requires you to beat all four sections of the raid. There's a checkbox. There's four checkboxes on that bounty or that quest. And once they're all checked, you get four drops. It gives you a drop for each encounter. But it doesn't drop them until they're all completed. That would prevent people from just farming the easiest checkpoints. Because the other thing people would do is they would just run checkpoints one, two, and three. One, two, three, reset. One, two, three, reset. Because they're fast, they're easy, and it really is. It's the last fight that trips people up. Uh, Pop Listica. Is PC different from console Destiny? Quite a bit different, yes. Frame rate's much higher. FOV is higher. FOV stands for field of view. FOV makes you feel... The higher the FOV, it makes you feel like you're running faster, and it makes the three uh, third-person perspective for supers and stuff incredible. It's very, very different, and it feels very, very good. Um, PC... And I'm not a PC Master Race guy. I, I played on I played Destiny on console. I love consoles. But PC is a superior experience for those reasons. It just makes it feel... The game feels better. It feels crispier. Um, Mizuki Blue. You wake up tomorrow in a a raid dev at Bungie. How would you fix the current loot problem? All guns would have synergistic perks that you couldn't get anywhere else. Look to Genesis Chain as an example of this. That's the first thing I would do. Is I would say... Every single gun needs a synergistic perk that makes it unique. Uh, and that's a chance drop. That's a chance drop. It's not guaranteed. You can get you can get non... That would be a curated role, I think. Um, that could be the curated role. And then you can get non-curated roles that don't have the synergistic perks. It's like a, oh, this gun's pretty good. I can't wait to get it with the curated role because it'll be so much better. Like, gives you a taste. I would let people run the raid more than three times. And armor, I think, is, is is in a good spot because of the mods. But I would create a, a floor for armor stats. I don't think armor stats should be dropping below a 60. And what I mean is this. So when an armor piece drops and you highlight it, here is a pair of prodigal robes at 950. And you see all my stats. Mobility all the way down to strength. And then it says total. Total is what I'm talking about. I don't think raid gear should ever be at a total below 60 um, because right now I'm coming out of raids often. This is a 59 and this is a 55. And there are times where, you know, I'm coming out of, 
I'm coming out of raid content with worse roles than you can get out in the wild. I've gotten, you know, raid drops at 51 and 52, and then in my inventory, I'm sitting on a here's I mean, here's a pair of gauntlets I got from like the season pass, I think, at 56, right? 56. So they're on the upwards of the 50 of the 50s. They're on the upward trend of 50s. And I just I don't think that world drops should ever be anywhere near the drops that you can get in the raid. Like getting a 51 out in the world like this is fine. Getting a 51 or a 52 in the raid I just think is silly. So synergistic perks for the guns, uh, better stat floor, better stat floor for the for the armor. I think the per- I think the mods are in a great spot. I think the raid specific mods are some of the best, not some of the best. They are the best we've had, and let us run it more than three times. And then that that's what I would do if I was in charge. Leviathan Hefe, what's your thought on frequency of raids? Makes sense to do the raid every six months instead of every season, so we get quality. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get a raid every season. If we get a raid before next year, September next year, then it'll be in the spring and it won't be very big. If we even get one. I don't think we're gonna get them. I, I don't think we're gonna get any raids. I think the three seasons, the winter, spring, and summer, will have no raid. Now, will they do something maybe with the old raids or maybe do raid challenges in this raid? Yes. Why do I think that? Because the calendar for this season shows the first, this is the terminology they use, the first raid challenge is landing really, really late in the season. Really late. First raid challenge is like showing up really late. And why would you call it the first? I think there's going to be a first, second, third, and fourth raid challenge, and they're going to be contained each season. And if they do it right, I think the fights will change significantly. You got guys, you know, you got guys like Datto and Slayer saying the raid's too easy. Give us contest modifier, you know, give us an ability to impose our own delta and maybe get, attach a loot incentive to it. I agree with them. I don't think the raid is too easy. I think the raid needs difficulty spectrum. Normal raids always got this way. Every raid in Destiny 1, once you beat it on normal and you got your footing, the normal versions became very, very simple, and then hard came in and applied a lot more pressure. So, I, I'm i hoping that's what raid challenges are, are, are doing, is bringing that. Um, no raid till next September. I think there'll be at least one. I, everybody's got their own predictions. My prediction is no raid till September. If we get one, it'll be spring and it'll be small, like Eater of Worlds small. They don't have the bandwidth for it. Listen, number one, they're not going to do a raid right now in in uh, in December. No way. They just created a very, very sizable raid. Garden of Salvation is one of the biggest raids in the entire franchise. It's it's only it's only smaller than last uh, last wish. So so there's no way they got the bandwidth to crank out another one for December. So they might have the bandwidth to, to crank up one for spring. They're certainly not going to crank up one for summer because if they're working on anything close to summer, it would be the next raid for September. The timing doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't work. So there's no way there's one in December. There's no way there's one in the summer. The only way you're getting one is in the spring. And if you get one in the spring, I think it's going to be small. They like to have a whole year to make a raid, to make a good raid. The best raids are one year apart, always. And the raids in between are always poultry and really quick. And Crown of Sorrows was built by Vicarious Visions. Scourge, I think they had help from High Moon Studios. So when they were doing more than one raid a year, they had help that they presently don't have unless they outsource it, which I don't see them doing that with Destiny raids. 
they were working alongside they were working alongside of uh, Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios and we're just like yeah build a raid they very very much passed on the identity of raid building to those teams and they don't have the bandwidth for that now so I'm just being honest somebody quoted T-Rex as saying oh we're gonna get a raid every season I just I don't see how I don't see how unless they expand on Garden of Salvation because it's so big there could be other encounters in there that are eater of world size they could do layers again but man oh man layers just didn't seem worth the effort eater of worlds and, and, and spire of stars were just I just didn't think they were that great I didn't think they were worth it I would think they would build dungeons as opposed to raid layers and that'd be more well received if you're going to take the time to build a layer just build a dungeon just build a just build an outbreak perfected quest instead that would be that'd be how I would call it Eater had a great boss fight eh, it was just so short it was just too short it, it, you spent most of your time in dumb jumping <laughs> jumping puzzles and falling out of a gunshot um the, the boss fight's fine, but the raid as a raid isn't that great. Argos is not good enough to justify the existence of Eater of Worlds. The layer itself is not good. Argos is good, but the layer is not. Uh, Doctor's Prepper. Conversation around the raid loot itself has seemed very positive. Most are saying that they feel they're best in slot, like Midnight from Leviathan. Do you think this is a good step, or just simply a minimum? As I said in my talk, I think they're moving in the right direction. The mods for the armor are the best in the in the franchise. It, these are better than Wrath, by the way. Right? These are better than Wrath. The Wrath perks on armor are outshined by the perks on by the potential perks from these mods. These are the best in the franchise. Uh, Garden of Salvation armor mods are the best. There's nothing at their level. There's there's no comparison. You can't you, you won't win this debate. <laughs> um now, as far as the guns, they've they've nudged it in the right direction. They've limited each perk lane to four perks, so you're very likely to get a good roll on any of the guns that drop, and the guns are very good. Um, I've used this analogy before. If the speed limit is 70 miles an hour on the highway, and your grandma is doing 35 miles an hour, and you're like, you need to speed up. If she speeds up to 50 miles an hour... She's sped the car up significantly. 35 to 50, 35 miles an hour to 50 is a pretty good jump, but she's still not going fast enough. You're still going 50 in a 70. Okay? So, raids and raid loot. Raid loot up to now has been 35 miles an hour in a 75 mile an hour zone. These are raids and the loot sucks. But this gun or that gun, no, it's a raid. In, in, in the history of Destiny, the raid loot in Destiny 2 has been embarrassing, okay? It's not, it's not aspirational content loot. It isn't. It's mediocre and matched in the rest of the game. Let's look at Garden of Salvation, okay? Grandma has sped the car up to 50 miles an hour. It's better. We have nudged, the lo- we have nudged closer to the line where raid loot should be, but we're still not there. We are still not doing 70 in a 70 mile an hour zone. We're not. We're going into aspirational content and we're getting guns with rolls that can basically be found elsewhere. That's the facts, Jack. Like, you can get these guns elsewhere, except for maybe, except for maybe the rapid fire fusion and, oh, it's an energy with solar. We don't really have an energy solar uh, hand cannon at that, at that rate of fire or something. Like, whatever you could say about the 
the gospel. I we're close. We're close. We're going faster. We're definitely going faster, but I'm still going into aspirational endgame non-match-made six-man activities and getting guns that are okay and matched in the rest of the game. So, you got to reca- you have got to recapture what Wrath of the Machine offered. Every gun in Wrath with the exception of probably the sidearm, the fusion, and the rocket launcher. Rocket launchers were, were, were okay at the time, but the, the Wrath of the Machine rockets sucked. Sidearms were not worth using in PvE, and neither were really fusions at the time. That's not necessarily the gun's fault. At the time, those archetypes just didn't do that well. Machine gun was cool from Wrath, but again, machine gun sucked back then. Everything else was worth using. The scout, the pulse, the auto rifle, the sniper, those were all great, great guns from Wrath. They were very, very, they were worth using. Um, Wrath weapons were matched and outclassed elsewhere, looking back with rose-colored glasses. No, the X-Machina was one of the best snipers in the game. It was it was a best-in-class sniper. Chaos Dogma was a top-shelf scout that people used in PvP all the time. The Medulla, the Medulla didn't really get its footing until they brought it out as an exotic because of the void damage. Genesis Chain was the best auto-rifle in the game for PvE content. It was the best auto rifle. It was the it was the one worth using. There were no other auto rifles worth using in Destiny at the time. Now, if you want to go to an absolute pinnacle piece of loot like the Amago loop or something, and and say there were other betters, the Dogma outclassed by Kakitis? No, there were people running Dogma in PvP that argued that it was the best. They liked it more than Kakitis. Um so I don't think I'm looking back with rose colored glasses. These were top shelf guns. Listen, even if you could say there were a, there were a handful of guns that were slightly better than them, if you like really crunch the numbers, they were unique at the very least. You couldn't get a gun with those perks anywhere else. They were unique and they were close to being at the top of the pyramid. Maybe not the tip tippity top, so we could debate that, I guess. But they were unique. You wouldn't call them top shelf. They were good. I. I just don't, I don't think you're right. If you wanted to use an auto rifle, Genesis Chain was probably the best. If you wanted to use a scout, the the Chaos Dogma was a top three, easy, and it was unique. The Medulla, it was unique, it was the four burst style, it was a little clunky, but it hit hard, and it was a good pulse. Now again, you're not going to take that, I don't think you would have taken the Medulla into PvP, but it was not bad at all in PvE. It was, it was, it was probably in the top five of pulse rifles at the time. Outclassed probably by Hawksaw, PDX-45, and uh, Clever Dragon. But at the same time, you got to remember, you couldn't get those anywhere else. You just couldn't. Uh, Wrath got it right. And listen, you're saying we're looking back with rose-colored glasses. I don't think so. I think people are looking back with fond memories of unique loot that they used in spite of it maybe not being the absolute best. That is an argument in my corner, I think. I think the ability for people to put those on and have them feel unique added to that experience of these are great weapons, even if you could argue, well, if you put on the Kakaitis with the right roll, it's actually a stronger scout. It didn't matter. Chaos Dogma felt felt really good. And it looked good, it sounded good, you know? I, I think I think the uniqueness of the weapons wins you a lot of favor in the memory of the player. 
I'm not saying they were bad, but they weren't worthy of raid weapons, in my opinion. Uh, that's not the standard I want. Right. I think I always point to Wrath as an example of unique synergistic perks. That's what I point to. I think we have an example of a unique synergistic perk system in the pinnacle weapons. Looking at the breakneck and the broadsword as an example of weapons that are unique and they have synergistic perks that make them worth using. Breakneck and the broadsword are worth using in PvE. They feel good and they have a unique synergistic perk system. That needs to come to raids. Even if you crunch the numbers and conclude that those weapons aren't top shelf, they're still worthy of pursuit and worthy of having, and depending on your playstyle, you might like using them. I would agree with you, they probably need to shove it even further and say, not only are the perks synergistic, but the perks are enhanced. We talked about that the other day. Rapid Hit, auto um, Outlaw, Rampage, Swashbuckler, all these perks should be enhanced on raid guns, so they're marginally better. So you could never say, oh, but the god roll from here is a little bit better. You could never say that if they were all enhanced perks. You could never say that. They'd be best in class with the right roll. Uh, Big Daddy Patty, how do you feel about the current trickle of pinnacle rewards? Having to get all 951? Yeah, the pinnacle system... I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump right to my answer. The pinnacle system is, I don't think, meant to be done in one season. They probably should have made that clearer. I don't think they envisioned anybody hitting 960 this season. I think my prediction about us not leveling each DLC each season, I think my prediction is gonna come true. I think you're going to be using the artifact every season to have a power grind, and then there's going to be a slow grind to 960 for the hardcore players that's going to span multiple seasons. That's what I think. I don't think they're going to do a level bump every season. I, I, I think the more we look at it and the more we analyze it, the more the more clear it becomes that my prediction is probably right on the money. And if I'm wrong, then what the frick? Why is the grind to 960 literally a sna- an actual snail's pace. You will not hit 960 this season. It's not mathematically possible. It just isn't. I don't think there's enough drops. Even if they all dropped right where you needed them. There is no max light. There's a max power on gear of 960. So. Maintenance should be starting in the next couple of minutes. Exoriu. On D1, there was way more interesting ways to kill bosses using Dark Drinker to kill Axis. Do you think there needs to be these kind of things back to D2 on future raids? Well, here here is something that Scourge boss, Crown of Sorrow boss, and I'm, tr- I'm, I'm doing this really quick in my head. Callus uh, and the boss in Garden of Salvation and th- yeah, they all are the same. Eater of Worlds, Spire of Stars. I'm doing it all in my head right now. I'm analyzing all the boss fights in my head right now. I'm fairly certain every single final boss fight in Destiny 2 is satisfy all these complex mechanics where you're getting split up into groups, teams, and being isolated, and everybody has an equal job. And once you satisfy those mechanics, just dump your damage on a stationary boss. All the final boss fights are like that. That's what they do. Now, I got respect for what they did in Garden of Salvation because they really tried to push against that. They did. They really tried to push against that. One of the, the second to the last boss encounter goes shooting down a hallway and you got to chase or plant with a sniper. Most people plant with a sniper. Uh, but you can't watch you can't watch redeem and act like that's the standard, right? Go into go into an LFG group and watch people miss their shots with their shots and damage take a little bit slower, right? Then 
then the the actual boss boss at the end there's two stuns there's some chaos that's required to lead to a damage phase and the damage phase is short so they did try to give us a little bit less of satisfy the damage and then just absolutely decimate this big prop in the room the raid boss in scourge and the raid boss in garden of salvation are probably the best bosses with respect to like not being a raid prop they're not just like standing there like waiting to be killed like ho ho i am here and when you satisfy all those mechanics you can light my head on fire like you know callus is that way you know uh even last wish is kind of that way your damage phase is just this big giant stationary target that you just get to absolutely just dump damage into after uh, after satisfying the mechanic. Scourge boss moves around. He's got different damage cycles that he rotates through that can be stunned. He's not some stationary prop. To maximize damage, you have to interact with a mechanic during damage. Okay, Garden of Salvation boss, he moves around. He's not a prop. He's lighting you the frick up. You have to utilize damage spots on him to send your your players. Those damage spots make him take floor plates away from you. He's not a prop. He's doing all kind of things in the fight. He's not just waiting for a damage phase, and his damage phase is somewhat cluttered, muddled, confusing, uh, and it's short. And it's short. So they are moving, I think, in a better direction on bosses, on boss fights, but we aren't quite back to Oryx or Axis. We're not quite there yet. Oryx and Axis were sort of demanding two different types of things from you, and we're not quite back there yet. I think Scourge is the closest. Scourge is probably the closest. Um... Riven should be mentioned as well, just getting cheesed. Even if you don't cheese Riven, you satisfy all these complex mechanics and then Riven just sits there. Just, just, you're just shooting, just constant into a crit spot. So. Axis wants to do this mechanic in a damage phase. Yeah, but Axis moved and there was two little damage phases and a third earned damage phase. And the best way to do damage on him was for everyone to relocate. And then there were multiple styles of damage that you could you could use on him. And I think that's what people are kind of getting at. Axis also applied a lot of pain before damage phase that pushed against you getting sort of, all right, everybody, come here, come here, come here, come here. All right, let's go. Boom, 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 boom. You kind of couldn't do that at Axis. Axis is like making you spin all these plates and then here's your small damage window. And you got usually four people that have to relocate if they want to maximize with Dark Drinker or like relocate and at least move to get better angles. So Axis was at at the very least stretching the team all the way to damage phase. And then it's like, okay, here's your short window. You got to move around quite a bit. A a lot of the raids don't require you to do that. You satisfy and everybody's together. You're all just standing there. You are literally standing there waiting, hard scoped, you know, to do to do damage and I think that I just I think that's one of the reasons why they've tried to push against that um we're gonna see if we can't get an update in steam it's probably not available yet um cause mine just says running can you do like check for updates I don't even know if that's possible doesn't it just do it on its own uh if I go to downloads no I don't even know how to do that in, in Steam. Play game, downloadable content, news, community forum, writer review, add to favorites, backup game files, properties. I don't even know how you do, how you, uh, uh, 
We'll do that so at least it's a decent background. If you hit play game, it should try to auto-update. I don't know if it's going to even do it. It just says running. We'll try again in a little bit. Bumble17 uh, says... Is the artifact bungee solution to the armor affinity problem that they created by giving us mods universal that only cost one energy piece, ensuring we continue to grind for all three? I don't honestly know. I don't know if they're ever even going to speak out about this. Um, I don't. I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna speak out and say, "Hey, here's here's why we we did what we did." You know, armor affinity. I don't think is 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 locked in. I think they'd be. I think they're gonna. I, I personally think. They are going to do an update in the future that lets us change affinity at a cost. That's my prediction. I think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to want to get away with affinity. Get get rid of affinities. I don't think they're going to do that. There are way too many mods, and there's an entire system. Um, that is, it's there. It's too intrinsic. It's too entrenched. There are way too many mods attached to affinities right now. Uh. I don't think so. I think they're going to I think they're going to let us change affinity in the future. So you get a god roll pair of gauntlets and you really prefer them to be arc or whatever, letting you change that, I think it's totally fine. But I don't think they're going to jettison the idea. They cooked up armor affinity for a reason. They've got those limitations in place. I don't think they're going to just get rid of them immediately. It's not going to erode that uh, after one season. Bertoff Aside from loot drops not being to your liking in the raids, how else could they improve upon future raids? I outlined all that in my talk about difficulty spectrum, revive tokens, all that. I'm not going to rehash that. The Real Bearded Texan. I agree Garden of Salvation is great, but what role for the auto rifle is a good role? Well, I mean, you'd have to go to Light GG and make a decision. Again, the, the the way that they've set these guns up it's a lot easier to get a good roll because you, if you can see, you can kind of see in the question form. Right here, you can see kill clip, and then below kill clip is triple tap, then swash, then demolitionist. Okay, so your 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 perk over here has four pretty good options. Okay, for an auto rifle, triple tap not so much, kill clip not so much unless you're going to PvP. Swash is probably the go-to, and then demolitionist is nice with some builds that are really prefer you know preferring grenades especially when you combine the anti-barrier rounds with breach refractor you can get your grenade back in like five to six trash ads okay um oh i'm going too far there we go so and then over here mulligan you probably don't need mulligan on an auto rifle under pressure eh, loading auto loading holster eh, on a primary so it's probably outlaw is the best to go for and then under pressure would be second and then mulligan followed by auto loading so there's definitely like a hierarchy of the potential perks you could get on this i think swashbuckler outlaw with ricochet is probably going to be your go-to uh on this uh on this uh, auto rifle if you don't want demolitionist i think swash outlaw is probably the best role uh and because again you're keeping damage and reload up Damage being high and reload being quick is the best way to have a gun, you know, banging out. And I would love to get it with Swash just to see how good it felt. Because if you can get that thing up to a level 5, it might feel pretty good. Um, Because right now it's okay, but I'm running it with Demolitionist and it doesn't feel as strong as the Recluse. So, this website that I'm using is called light.gg. You can go there to kind of build and think through what you want to get on a gun. Um, Maverick. 
Should raids have ritual weapons in addition to reduce perk pools? Uh, during the interlude, you said you were fine with Bungie replacing curated roles with smaller perk pools since ritual weapons have kind of taken over curated roles. Yeah, I mean, I would be okay with curated roles coming back to raids, but only if you're really going to swing at it like with the broadsword, you know, like or the or the breakneck. I want I want synergistic perks. If you're going to go the route of curated, I want synergistic perks. Right? I don't I don't want what we got on Warden's Law or or Chattering Bones. Those curated roles were kind of eh, you know? By the way, if you're tuning in to see what's going on with maintenance, it should be done in about 10 minutes. If you enjoy my style of content, it's like an interactive podcast where I do a talk, a show, a Q&A. Even when I'm not in this scene and I'm full screen playing the game, it's usually a constant dialogue and conversation. If you enjoy this kind of content, remember to click the follow button. That's the little heart button. Hey Shiz says, I've never completed a raid in D1. I love the raids in D2. The amount of teamwork required is very appealing to me. Crown of Sorrow and Garden of Salvation are my two favorite. Well, you have good taste. Uh, what is it about clutch moments from D1 that makes them so much better to have rather than teamwork required in these new raids? Uh, Danny, with 32 months, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, work to game. I think I missed your resub of seven months. Thank you. Here's the thing. If you've not experienced this, it's, it, it, it's hard for me to tell you how, how great it is. So, I'm going to relate it to a movie. In the movie Rocky, the one where he faces Clubber Lang, the one where he faces Mr. T, okay? And you think Rocky's losing. You know, you're so bad, you're so bad, I'm still here. And he's letting, he is letting Clubber Lang hit him. He's wearing him out, he's, he's tiring him out. And there's a moment, there's a turn in the fight where the music hits and Rocky just starts popping his head back. It's like a Rock'em Sock'em robot. And you get this feeling like he is going to turn this fight around. You, you, you get excited. You, you, as I'm describing the scene, you can feel it. You can remember what that felt like seeing Rocky Balboa get his revenge on Clubber Lang, right? So... That is an experience you can have in a video game when you're down and you can come back in a raid fight, okay? If if you lose a team, if you lose a three, you know, you lose two or three people, it's like, oh my gosh, can we overcome this? We're down, but we're not out. Let's see if we can do it. And when you do, you get to experience what you, what you feel for Rocky in that scene it's again right now a death is like uh let's start over uh this guy over here instead of oh we got this let's stay at it let's go let's push let's try it's it, it it creates this identity of defeatism it's like we'll just start over and then it's more of like can you just do your freaking job we're all doing our jobs can't you do your job I don't know. I feel like I get way more distracted in D2 raids than I ever did in D1 because I feel like I'm, and I don't mean this because I I play with good players, but you feel like you're almost babysitting. I'm not serious. I'm serious. I'm not making excuses. I get more distracted in D2 raids than I ever did in D1 because I'm like, is everybody good? Is everybody good? Is everybody? Oh, I forgot to bank. Oh, because I'm, I feel like I'm babysitting. Instead of like, instead of just everybody running in and like, if a death happens, you're like, no worries. We're going to execute plan B or C or G or whatever, whatever your, 
whatever your clutch plan is. That's why we people are like, oh, we need a Lono bank emote. Lono always forgets to bank. Why? Because I'm distracted. I'm babysitting. I'm like, no, no, no. You doing that over there? Don't die. He's got that. What's your time? What are you doing? We're all equals. Nobody can carry. One mistake is, and it's over. And then I forget to bank. And in D1, it was like, doing my thing, doing my thing. They're doing their thing. You know, we're all kind of, oh, there's a death. Okay, get him. Get him, get him, get him, get him. Okay, all right. Nope, nope, he's dead. Bring the cannons. Bring the cannons to the middle. Let's go. Let's go. It's like this, your arm in arm instead of, are you good? I can't see you. What happened? Ah, uh, oh, you know, it's just different. I didn't get distracted in wrath and I arguably did more. I arguably did more and spun more plates and, and had to re- use more skill in wrath and I didn't get distracted ever. I get distracted all the time in these raids because they're so communication heavy and one mistake. It's like, it just, I don't know. There is something the, the that that fire is just missing. It's just missing. And, I, and what's weird is it makes me want to raid less and it, I feel like it makes me, a, I'm a, not good at raiding. I'm not a good raider anymore. I, I feel like I'm required... I'm required to do so little and I'm not allowed to do anything outside of this lane. So I just hover in this like, this like, I'm a five. In Wrath, I was a nine or a ten. I was a great raider. I could do so many different things. I could clutch so many different fights. And in this, no, this is your job, Lono. You do this, you sit here, and you can do nothing more than that. So I just get, okay, I'm, I'm doing this and that's it. I'm... I'm a mediocre player right now. Oh, you died? Yeah, it, d- it doesn't matter how good or smart I am. I can't really fix that. You know? I, I don't know. Cruxley. Uh, instead of curated rolls from the raid, how would you feel about a chance for a guaranteed drop of a fully masterwork item instead of a random roll? I mean, it's, you're, 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 you're not calling it a curated roll, but that's what a curated roll would be. A fully masterworked item instead of a random roll. Are you saying this is how it should drop every time? Instead of curated rolls from the raid, how would you feel about a chance or a guaranteed drop? Yeah, I mean, you're, this is this is what a curated roll is. That's that is a curated roll. It's it's a it's a fully masterworked, you know. It's a fully masterworked gun with a set roll. So, TMC, uh, flake FPS. How do you, how, how do I get higher power level like you got 956? I'm 921. I know how you got higher so quick. I just played, I didn't focus on any Gambit or Crucible. I did three hours of comp and I got one milestone from Gambit across three characters. I just, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I just didn't, I don't know. I did, I did not focus on it at all. I just didn't. So. Now, to those listening to this Q&A session in other locations, YouTube and all the other locations, when it hits, once Reset hits, I'm going to end Q&A because I want to check out the the nightmares. Um, I want to check out the nightmares because uh, there's a change today. There's an update. And if you're, if you're here live right now waiting for maintenance to be over, again, be sure to click the follow button. That is a free and easy way uh, to support uh, my channel. Buster, which Destiny had better raids, one or two? Oh, that's easy. Destiny 1. Uncle Naldi, is the raid worth doing? I think Garden of Salvation is the best Destiny 2 raid. It is the best Destiny 2 raid. 
It's not the best raid. Nothing will ever beat Wrath. Nothing. Unless they decide to actually go back and give us what Wrath had. Um, as far as internal currency and internal value and running it more than three times and synergistic perks and clutchable moments and intense fights and get rid of the stupid revive timer. I mean, nothing will ever ascend to the height of Wrath. It just isn't possible. They've, they've chopped raids down so significantly. They're just not nearly as cool. Um... But within Destiny 2, Garden of Salvation is the best raid with the best loot. I, I, the, the way they did the guns is better. The mod perks, uh, the, the, the mods, the raid mods are excellent. Um, so. Now, Iron Banner is adding some queue times, I guess. I don't know what's going on. They might not, the servers might not even be back out. Uh, the capacity thing sometimes is a lie. Like the servers might not even be back up yet. A lot of people are saying Last Wish is better. I uh, no. <laughs> Just no. No. Bigger is not always better, you know. You can make a really giant peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but it's not as good as like a nice small, you know, I don't roast beef that's been thinly sliced. My sandwich may be smaller, but it sure tastes better, you know. Your giant last wish raid is just a giant freaking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's freaking huge. And uh, I don't think it's that great. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think Last Wish is that great. I think it's a cheesed, you know, uh, it just isn't very good. I think I think we got like wowed by the scenery and the size. Vault is good and Shiro Chi is good. It, it, that, that's it. Callie and Morgeth are an absolute joke of encounter. Morgeth is a freaking strike boss. Callie is close to being that too. Shirochi and the Vault are well, and, and Riven are the best encounters. If you don't cheese Riven, those are the best encounters. So you got three really strong encounters in Last Wish. All the encounters in Garden are awesome. They're awesome. They're great, I think. I think Garden of Salvation is the best Destiny 2 raid. Uh... Frail Rain, do you think Eris Morn and Vex offensive weapon grinds should be the standard moving forward for weapon grinds? I think the rhythm for Vex offensive is incredibly high. Generosity is super, super high. Um, but, but, the, um, I don't think they can do that in every, every piece of content. I don't think they can. Because the, they're doing it for Vex Offensive in a particular way for a particular reason. It's a limited time event, and I think that that's fine. I think we could move a lot closer to that goalpost, though. If, if let's just say, on a scale of 1 to 10, Vex Offensive's generosity factor isn't like a 10. It's ridiculous. You're just getting showered in loot, okay? Let's say it's at a 10. We don't need everything to be at a 10. Seasonal content can be at a 10. That's fine. But I think... The, the lectern, is it like a three or a four? Ugh. Reckoning, three or a four. Ugh. It just takes too long to get anything. Um, so, I would move them closer to... Uh, I would move them closer to the ten mark. I would move them closer to the ten mark. Because they're too... They're way too low. Uh, they just take too long. I don't know how to initiate the update on this. Um... You said there's a Steam update. Maybe I need to. Maybe let's just completely close and reopen Steam. Um, 
So, Lectern is bad weapons, you're insane. Can have the best heavy weapon in the game, amazing roll on the shotgun, uh, the SMG is the SMG is nice, you can get a nice roll on the 110, you're, you're nuts. The Lectern's got some great, great gear on it. Uh, LLB Rude says, Hey Lono, I love the work you do keep it up. Question, do you think there will be future raids this year? Uh, yeah, we already answered the future raids one. Uh, we already answered the future raids one. I, I don't think so. If you get one, uh, if you get one, did I just get an update? Uh, time completed 105, yeah. If we get a raid, it'll be in the spring, and I said it'll be probably the size of Eater of Worlds. Rad uh, is us. Rad is us. By the way, again, guys, if you're just tuning in because of the because of the the maintenance, I do interactive podcast style streaming like this with the talk and a Q and A almost basically every day. If you're enjoying it, you like the style, please click that follow button. That's a free way to support the channel. It's it's the little heart button. Rad says, "Hey, Lono." How do you feel about Bungie adopting the formula of a new mechanic being evolved throughout the raid? Personally, I think it's hit or miss. Scourge of the Past was a great use of, uh, was a great use, but tethering in Garden of Salvation gets annoying in the last encounter. Okay, here's the thing. Tethering is good, latency is not, and Bungie still struggles with raids being ruined by latency. The dog encounter... At, at, in Leviathan is a good example of this. Really cool idea, really creative fight. Latency ruins the fight because the dogs don't pathfind properly, they glitch out, they act stupid, okay? So, tethering is meant to be bothersome. I saw people saying, tethering should be intentional. I should be able to direct it with a beam or, an, or, or a thing. and I, I, You shouldn't be able to grab a tether and blah, blah. No. You're you're doing the tethering wrong if that's happening. If if you're waiting, I'm always the initiator of the tether, and the initiator of the tether, it's on them. The onus of is on them to be finessed with it. If you go position two, three, ready, go, shoot, it's fine. It works totally fine. It does. This is what people do. They're reckless. They go over, they shoot the dadgum thing. All right, let's go. And this guy's running that way, and this person's running this way, and they cross, and they get tethered, and it slows it down. All that starts to happen. Ooh, this tether sucks. No, you suck. You're not paying attention. Tether is fine. Latency is the issue. There are times where you go to tether to rebuild, and you can't because of latency. The tether is fine. It's that you're playing, you're playing like a dummy. You gotta pay attention, right? So, whenever I'm playing and we're stunning, we have no issues with tether. Because listen, this is what I do. I face the thing, I have my spot, and I face the thing. And I can see on radar people moving around me. I can look at radar, and I know, okay, green dot behind me, another green dot behind me, we're good. Boom, shoot. That's called awareness, that's called intelligence. That's called, I don't know, not playing recklessly. People just shoot the tether and then get mad because there's like all these people around them, like getting in the way and grabbing it and everything else. And I, I think that latency is the only issue. Not being able to rebuild is irritating. That crap needs to be fixed. They need, they need to fix that right away. But I don't know if they can fix that. Like when he takes a floor and the floor animation stays and you're getting burned by it, that causes all kind of glitch with the tether, right? It causes all kind of glitch with the tether. 
It's just one of those things where if if I think it's the slightest bit of latency, like the slightest bit of the slightest bit of latency. I'm supposed to be able to scroll and stop chat. Why does that not work? Thank you. I'm banning that idiot with his brand new account. Just followed me and wants to sit here and whine like a baby. Um, I I think Tether's fine. I don't know how you guys are getting in. I'm not even getting a queue number. Um, I reset and it's still it still wasn't it's still not letting me in uh, JPE Morgan I played the game for about a year and then I put the game down for a few months I just picked the game back up last week I'm 780 power I've never had an exotic drop what can I do to get an exotic to drop uh, go where exotics are common which would be the higher difficulty nightfalls uh, have you updated yeah I updated I got an update at 105 I closed steam reopened and it got it um, so no fanatic this week, by the way, what are the, what are the nightmares Vreek? If it's not fanatic, is it, are they all three new? Cause I'm actually really curious about that. Are there any repeats? Like what are the, you know, what are they? Um, I wish I was in right now. I was actually, uh, we got Omnigol, Skolas and Gatelord. So Omnigol is back. Is Skolas new? Zidrin, Skolas, and Omni. What do they drop? What are their what are their essences? I don't remember what their essences are. Anguish, servitude, and pride. Okay, what are their attack what's attached to anguish, servitude, and pride? That's n- none of those are the SMG. Are, are is any of them the fusion? Gatelord is new. I wonder if the Gatelord is the fusion. Should be fusion and pulse. No, the pulse is in the is in the the pulse is in the, the dungeon. Zidrin should be the fusion rifle. Okay. Skolas is new. Servitude is fusion. Okay. Anguish and pride are armor. Okay. Well, I we'll get in and we'll do it as soon as I'm not sitting on this. I don't understand why. Usually, I get right in. Usually, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm not so lucky today. I burned up all my, my Q luck, I guess. Uh... Yeah, Skolas and, and Omnigol aren't new. I misspoke. That's right. We've already had Skolas. Um, so, yeah. The, the new one is the Gate Lord. What a weird rotation. What a weird rotation. See, I don't know. We'll have to run it and see if, if there's maybe better drops of fragments or stuff. Fri- uh, Pride is the helmet and Anguish is boots. Got it. Okay. Did you update the game? I did. I did. I can, I mean... I can back out of Steam and reopen Steam again just to be sure, but it's showing me right here, time completed update, auto updates enabled, 105. I mean, I can close Steam and reopen it one more time just in case I got like a not real update or a partial update or I have no idea. Um, Whispers Loud, what are your thoughts on the changes to Izanagi's Burden Quest in Shadowkeep? The gun is much harder to obtain due to Ada not rewarding the quest step. I mean... If she's not rewarding the quest step, it's not harder to complete. It sounds like it's glitched. They're going to have to patch it and fix it. Tan Man. Do you think they should go back to D1 raid challenges when you do all of them in one run or keep it this way now? They might do that again like they did with Age of Triumph where all the raids suddenly have some type of a challenge or something. I could see them doing that. Um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what they're doing because I think the raid getting its first challenge near the end of this season... I think is a change in how they're doing it. I, I think it's a, it's a switch. Um, it's a switch. So I would uh, I would think that they're going to continue 
to, to iterate on challenges, but I don't know if they're going to go back to being like every encounter is a challenge. So, um, yeah, I don't understand why I'm getting a cue. Is anybody else in chat getting a cue? I don't understand. People in chat are acting like I shouldn't be getting a cue. Um, so, yes, I am. Okay, so people are getting a cue. I'm not the only one. Vlef. Do you agree with the raid design philosophy that slows down the raid in particular encounters? Things like the vault encounter, confluxes, or opening of crown are considered boring in consecutive attempts. Should raids be faster or flee flux? Well, no. I don't think they always have to be fast. Um, I don't think they always have to be fast. I think it's totally fine to say... Here's a, here's a really intense encounter like Shirochi. Shirochi is great. But every encounter doesn't need to be like Shiro Chi, where you're shooting her and running and chaining supers and shooting her and running and changing supers and then doing a puzzle and then climbing. And, you know, not every encounter has to be that way. Uh, Not every encounter has to be like the opener in Garden of Salvation, you know, where it's a constant moving forward. I I think it's okay to slow things down. I think it's totally fine. I just got hit with another update just now on Steam. I don't understand. Uh, Stefan says, do you think that Bungie will change the fact that you cannot add, uh, mods to exotic weapons? I thought the plan going forward was to have it to be that they wanted exotics to be used more. No, I agree with you. It's counter, it's counterproductive to be like, Hey, we're going to make Huckleberry worth using again, but then you can't throw over overload or disruption. I'm sorry. Or anti-barrier rounds on it. Um, I don't, I don't think that that's working. I, it, it ought to be able to be put on an exotic. Um, so. Domo. What do you think of 12-player raids? Smith, uh, after a world's first raider back in World WoW days, and WoW gave massive raids, do you think Destiny will be in its own bubble? I don't think Destiny will ever have raids larger than six-man. I don't think so. I don't think it'll work. Where it's just, it's t- such a different game, it's such a different player base, and it's such a different identity. Um, I just, I don't see them doing that. I really don't. Eknor. Do you think it's important with a team of four should be able to teach and carry at least two people in a raid? I remember in Wrath, uh, I was only good at clearing ads and still was valuable in the fire team, whereas everyone checks your, com- your completions in the emblem. Right, and this is part of the problem. I, I, I um, I wasn't able, uh, I was not able to verbalize this really really well in in the video but what I should have argued for was the idea of there's no specialist roles like I, t- I touched on that in the video there's no specialist roles there is no relic runner or sword bearer anymore and I think we're looking at the wrong end of the spectrum everyone's focused on the sword bearer oh they get to do everything right you're highlighting the other end of the spectrum you're highlighting the fact that like somebody can come in and do like what's what what they're responsible for which is kill these ads step on this plate like this is kind of your world and what's demanded of you is a little bit lower um it's a little bit lower right and so my concern would be that we're just we're creating this idea that you're constantly um you're constantly dealing with this everyone's exactly the same and that's exactly why that's exactly why it's problematic to make everybody virtually equal it's always a relay race 
this is why people are like checking your emblems and your completions and stuff here we go I'm getting past the queue now um death with 19 months and Kilroy with 24 months that's a two year badge thank you and the big boss a little bit ago with a prime sub thank you enjoy your dope badge and emotes and enjoy ad free viewing the big boss uh, if you have a prime sub guys and you use it here it's a great way to get back your ad free viewing um cause I give that to subs a lot of people lost their ad free viewing um whenever whenever they uh, they took that away so I am going to end Q&A there. If you're here right now and you enjoy the interactivity, we're going to keep talking, vibing, discussing, and do some tests and nightmare hunts. So don't go anywhere. At the very least, click the follow button. The follow button is a free way to support me. It's the little heart button. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Say no to rage.com. It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. I'm probably live right now. So come on in to say no to rage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.